before I begin. Welcome to Historical <laughs> Shade, everyone. There's so much that's already happened. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about shady topics in history, um, people being jerks to each other, or maybe, you know, in history, we're the jerks, or something that we're like, wait, history, what? Um, <laughs> you said that's what our podcast is about. So I'm going today, Julie, and I'm going to tell you the epic tale of the artichoke wars. Oh my gosh. Are you ready? Do you know? Yes. No. Okay. So this is a, a quote unquote war. It's not a, remember when we had that whole thing of like, what counts as a war? Yes. Um, so they call this a war. It's not a war. Also, that scratching is my dog. What is happening? He's just scratching. Oh, is he it? gentlemen i'm trying to make my puppy more you know hang out in the living room more but it's hard because he's just he, noisy what is he scratching he's scratching the inside of his crate he's hanging out oh okay. like he has a little puppy area mm -hmm. so he's like fine i'll just make noise over here you bitch that's not <laughs> he's not that mean or angry um he's just probably getting settled okay so the artichoke wars so it all begins, this is all in the United States. It begins in the 1890s. So a large, oh, and I'm so discombobulated. Um, my sources for today were foodpassages.com, atlasfura.com, and the kitchen, it doesn't have an E, so it's like K-I-T-C-H-N.com. So um, it all starts in the 1890s, where there's a large surge of Italian immigrants that moved to California. So before then, there were a large surge of Italian immigrants on the East Coast. In the 1890s, we have a large um, bunch of them moved to California. Well, the artichoke can't grow in on the East Coast because it's just a little damp, a little, you know, just not the right environment. Where we know California, um, especially like different parts of California, reflects the Italian countryside really well. That's why wine go, grows well there. So the artichoke, they bring it over to California, and it really starts to thrive in the cool and foggy fields of Monterey County. Mm. Um, so the artichoke is a really, really big dish in Italian cuisine, especially the baby artichoke. So it starts to really thrive in California. And by thrive, I mean people buy it. People just consistently buy it. But because it grows there, it sells for about a nickel. A few years later, um, a man named John Debin... Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> Debenetiti. 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 Um, I, I took way too much Italian to not do that well um so he quits his day job to dedicate himself to developing california's artichoke industry so he becomes like really big in the artichoke industry i don't know i don't want to say something else because someone else has labeled that thing he's like the mayor of artichokeville um he discovers that the profits are pretty big in california because uh, you know the vegetable sells but it can only sell for about a nickel, but in the Northeast, where Italian Americans can't grow it, it could actually become like a delicacy. And that nickel vegetable in California can sell for about 50 cents to even a dollar in the Northeast. That's a profit. Um, 
Yeah. So in 1917, established an artichoke growers association in Half Moon Bay. So that's just south of San Francisco. And soon, far and soon farmers begin shipping crates um, across the continent. So they're making this huge, I mean, shipping costs suck but they were a lot cheaper then, um, shipping these tiny baby artichokes from California in newly refrigerated train cars all the way to um, the Northeast. So it doesn't take long until every Italian American in the Northeast is like, yes, artichokes are back. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out like how, how much, mm -hmm time and money and effort does it take to ship something across the United States by train versus shipping across the ocean from like Italy. I mean, I guess they'll have to go through like the Mediterranean Sea and like then get to like England and then ship out. So I guess it is a savings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a savings and trains are remarkably fast because especially like shipping trains. Like I think we, we always go to trains like Passenger trains are slow as hell uh, in the United States. Shipping trains are pretty quick, especially because their their work system. It's like go 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 go. When passenger, like if you ever take Amtrak, it takes forever. But they have so free Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and you also have to like I think loading it in and loading it out is probably harder on a ship where it's mm -hmm. really easy. And who knows what this like salt air would do. I don't know. Um, but we also love our trains. Speaking of trains, have you ever played Ticket to Ride? Because I feel like... Oh, the board game? Yes. I, I haven't, but I've seen it. Okay. There is a great route. Actually, it's the worst route. If you get it, you're like, damn it, I can't win. Or you can win because you have the most train cars. So if you like get it, you get the most points. But it goes from like San Francisco all the way to like either Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's a big hub, or New York. So, anyway, I really like board games. <laughs> uh, me too. You need to play Ticket to Ride. Next time I come up to Boston, we're playing it. We are playing it. I'm buying it for you. There's also a Pennsylvania edition that's just Pennsylvania because Pittsburgh and Philadelphia were such huge hubs. Um, anyway. What, what, speaking of Pennsylvania, what musical is it like where they're like, Pennsylvania? <laughs> that's it thank you i i yeah. await that text when i wake up <laughs> yeah so back to the artichoke <laughs> <laughs> so they're shipping them in the hardest ticket to ride route but the most points um from like right above san francisco to the northeast so they start exploding as uh, street vendors start to um like fry them in push carts in new york and philadelphia some fried artichokes and like a little bit of mayonnaise um, yeah, you can also hear Dapper growling because he wants to play Ticket Train. Um, and also Italian markets in New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and it becomes like this springtime staple. So, not that it's the same at all, but I'm super German and it reminds me of like the fried pickle and like a good fried pickle mm. and how there's one in like every single cart. And if that costs like, if fried pickles cost $8, I'm going to pay $8. Like, and I know it's just- If it's a, good, yeah. Yeah, if it's a 10 cent pickle fried. But anyway, so it becomes so popular that they start creating- 
1921, it becomes so popular that uh, Fanny Farmer's cookbook comes out with all of these different recipes and it goes wild even more than just the Italian Americans who kind of knew these dishes already growing up. Um, so everyone starts to love artichokes. Yay! Um, I want to know, I did way too much research trying to figure out when they started making artichoke and spinach dip as a staple and I could not find it. So, which I was just thinking about that because <laughs> other, other than Italian dishes, and I'm assuming spinach and artichoke dip is an Italian dish, yeah. other than like in pasta, that is the only other recipe I can think of that has artichoke. Yeah. I like um, artichokes on salads now. That's like my favorite. Like, get a little tang. Hmm. Um, so, everyone's happy. The Italian-Americans are happy on the Northeast because they get their artichokes. The Italian-Americans in California are happy because they're growing artichokes. The, you know, everybody else is happy because they're being introduced to artichokes, right? Then, let's bring in someone to ruin it. His name is Ciro Terranova. Uh, <laughs> he's a New York City underboss of the infamous Morello family. Ooh. Yeah. And so he becomes um, an artichoke dealer who his main goal is to set out and corner the U.S. market of the artichoke business. So he's Sicilian born and he's known to travel in an armored limousine with bulletproof windows because that's what good guys do. Um, so he sends his goonies um, to manipulate importers into selling them an artich the artichokes at a fraction of the original cost. Those who refuse are savagely beaten by the mob. So then they end up selling them at a fraction of the cost anyway. So they sell them to Terranova. Terranova then takes these artichokes to local vendors, doubling the prices and pocketing the profits. Um, during this time, he earns the nickname of the Artichoke King. Um, and they believe that he makes over a million dollars in profits in this five-year span on artichokes. Um, so New York newspapers uh, regularly report um, the criminal enterprise, and it stretches all the way to California. So they actually start to go to California and start beating up and coercing the people growing the artichokes. To give um, them, oh my god! To give it, yeah. So. Um, and so the reporters like start to report on armed thugs imitating the growers as well. So not only are they beating people up that are selling, but they're beating people up that are growing. So right at the point. So we need a hero. We need a hero. And so, y'all. California. I really think it's this land is it's your land. Not. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, tell us what song musical that's from. Um, so on December 21st, 1935, near dawn on a frigid morning, the coldest day in New York. That whole year, city mayor Fiorello LaGuardia. Also, I didn't know that that was a mayor and that's why it was named LaGuardia Airport. Fun fact. <laughs> um, city mayor climbs on top of the back of a flat top truck at the Bronx Terminal Market. He unrolls a large scroll, Wizard of Oz style. <laughs> there is a fanfare of trumpets. I'm not making this up. 
and he proclaims a ban on the sale of artichokes. He says that no one is allowed to sell it in New York at all, especially the baby um, artichoke. The bigger artichokes that like, if you sell them in grocery stores and not at the street market, you're allowed to sell those, but the baby ones, no one's allowed to sell until these thugs stop intimidating their sellers. Oh my gosh. My favorite is on the back of a truck. Large scroll. No more artichokes. Um, so this, ultimately, the racketeers surrender. Um, and LaGuardia breaks up. He's like successful in breaking up this artichoke monopoly. Um, it only lasts a week. But it is enough to like completely, it, it, kind of breaks down the whole system. Only a week breaking down the system, one week protest. Uh, so the artichoke market um, was reopened after a week and prices were reduced and sales actually increased because there were apparently a lot of people that weren't buying artichokes because they were scared <laughs> at that point. So sales did increase. Um, and then recipes for the vegetables started appearing in newspapers. And it was actually one of LaGuardia's biggest triumphs over the mob. Um, and the mayor was quoted in saying he only liked artichokes with mayonnaise and he actually didn't care for them that much. <laughs> and that is the artichoke wars. Um, so a few other, I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I started looking up other weird food bans and, um, haggis imports have been banned from the U.S. since 1971. Um, Hence why you don't see haggis in yeah. grocery is stores. There, is there a reason? Um, that one, I couldn't find a reason. And the, um, UNA, the UK is hoping to overturn that. So there are a lot of... Um, like movement in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being like, US, take our haggis. Um, Farm-raised salmon is banned in Australia and New, in New Zealand. Um, they believe that the antibiotics given to the salmon can cause eyesight damage and cancer. So those are... That's been there. Um, foie gras is banned in California, that fatty liver, because um, they think that it causes um, some major health issues. Margarine is banned in Wisconsin because of the dairy industry. They want you to eat real butter. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. And then um, Kinder Surprise eggs have been banned in the US since 1938. Um, Kinder Joy eggs, quote unquote, um, just started uh, being sold in the United States, but they're not the same. They don't have the same surprise toy. No, it's like, like a half. Like, yeah. It, it's shaped like an egg and only one half of it is the chocolate and the other half is just like the, the thing that contains the, the prize or the toy or whatever. And the half that's chocolate is not real chocolate. It's a chocolate substitute. Um, and I will do a whole separate episode on the chocolate industry in the United States. Um, but yeah, so that's my story on the Archichoke Wars. And Dapper is looking out the window like a scholar. Oh, good uh, boy. Good boy. Good boy. He calmed down. Um, that's so, oh gosh. Well, it's so interesting. Uh-huh. So many levels. <laughs> well, I think it. I, what, what made me laugh and cry all at the same time about it was that like, 
anything can be exploited if people if people are like oh people want people like this thing and also the the worth of something like a an artichoke is a nickel because it's grown in this area and then i'm sure that the baby artichoke were selling at like a dollar fifty by the time yeah the height of it you know one baby artichoke and people were still buying it and I don't know if it was because people truly, truly loved it. Or like, oh, it is a bit like it was a sign of like regality that truly anywhere else was not. And it's just, know, it's just it's because it like grows there. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do want to start making all of my announcements with a trumpet. And a, and a large scroll. <laughs> on the back of a flatbed truck like it's it's, a, it's the dichotomy of like the did they truck. did they like drive him in on the truck or did they park the truck and then he like got on it he okay, parked like, the truck and then got on it so you have to imagine like have you ever, whenever you get on the back of a flatbed truck it is never graceful <laughs> <laughs> in like a 1930s suit be like hold on huh, okay okay <laughs> Um, there's no like CrossFit hop up on one. I mean, I'm sure I could name like four boys who could do that, but also I'm sure LaGuardia was not one of them. Was was this in Pennsylvania that LaGuardia was doing this or New York? New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I, I think I briefly missed that moment where we were in New York again. Oh, okay. I was so confused how LaGuardia you, was in Pennsylvania, but the airport in New York was named after him. No, no, no. You were just too busy singing Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Oh, I gotta figure it out. Someone figure this out for me. It it must it feels like the start of a chorus. The start of a chorus. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Um there's something else I was gonna say. Do, 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 do. Oh, I think it was just something about like the the current state of the LaGuardia airport. And I hope that when they finish the construction. <laughs> the way that they reopen, like officially reopen the airport. I know it's not actually closed, but like the way that they're officially like, we're open. Mm. It is 100% with a scroll and trumpets. And no artichokes. I also think it's funny, like, I just assume the mafia was like, just. I want to go into more of what the mafia did because in my head it was like more. I mean, it's. Yeah, like obviously it's just booze, but prohibition was over during most mafia activity, and I didn't ever connect that until these artichokes. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Wait, it, what kind of credibility does it lend you as a mobster, though? I mean, I guess they don't care. They're making a ton of money from it. Yeah, I think it like it might give you credibility just because you're like, yeah, I'm not doing anything like. I'm not distributing anything elite, like illegally. I'm just using illegal means to do it. But it's the 1930s, so screw it. <laughs> That's my story. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah. So, Julie, future light time. Yeah. Um, I'm a little not worried, but I I feel like I may have um, talked about this last time we recorded. But did I tell you that? We're hosting like a one-off D&D &D campaign. Yes. Okay. Well, 
then I'm not going to share that as my future light. I guess I don't, I, I guess I've been looking forward to this one for so long. Um, I don't have anything else to look forward to. Uh, here's my future light. I am uh, officially uh, going to change my residency and get my uh, Massachusetts license and all of that. And, and one of the reasons, not one of, but like the, the push for me to like do that is um, in order to register to vote in our state, you have to do it for the election by um, February 12th in Massachusetts. And so if you are not registered to vote yet, if you're in a new place, um, it's actually quite far in advance that, mm -hmm. that you need to do it in order to be able to, to vote. So there, um, there are websites that you can check that uh, to make sure. And even if you're questioning what your voting status is and you just want to check on that, you can do that as well. Um, and I, I can pull up the name of the website. Uh, there's one called voterparticipation.org. So you can check your status and you can also register to vote through that website. So that's my future life. Yay! It's voting. democracy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I gotta scroll. <laughs> What's your future light, Laura? Um, not necessarily like mine. Um, but so I went and saw a few friends of mine in a show a couple nights ago, and then I have other friends. Like, I'm just really excited about all my friends like doing some kick-ass things and like really following their dreams. Like I have, um, you know, I have friends who have their own podcasts that are doing really well. Ooh, um, this is just a side note. The awesome man who made our uh, intro video, his name is Jordan Funk. And last episode we talked about, or a few episodes ago, one of my future lights was that I was going to learn my superheroes. And he actually has a podcast called DC Comic Podcast. So like, it's awesome. It helps me get like into it. So listen to that if you want, because he's amazing. Um, but I have friends who have podcasts and friends who are doing shows and getting like every, um, I just have a lot of people that I know that are following their dreams and it's really cool. And so I want to have, uh, on the show making it, they had a soul on fire parade where people were like, or not parade, soul on fire party where people, they had a party for people who were just like truly doing what their soul wanted and there's a lot of like parties for weddings and babies and this and that but we don't have a lot of like hey just celebrating you, being you yeah like you're still in that career that you've always wanted to be or you just made a huge change or you did this or you did like that's anyway so i'm just really excited for everyone i know that's starting to do that and i'm seeing that and yeah well i i think that's wonderful and now i want to have a soul on fire gathering after our yeah. D&D campaign. <laughs> yeah. uh, yay, board games. Um, I know D&D is not a board game, but it's a game. I like games. Anyway, <laughs> I know. Don't, <laughs> don't message me. I know. Let this uh, be our corrections corner. Yes, our corrections corner. All the emails corner. to Laura about calling D&D a board game. I know, it's an RPG. I get it. Anyway... Speaking Thanks. of sending us emails, <laughs> you can uh, contact us on Instagram at historical underscore shade. You can slip into the DMs, as oh. they say. <laughs> uh, you can also email us at historicalshade at gmail.com. 
And there's a fancy way to leave us a voicemail as well. How does that happen, Laura? Uh, so you go to anchor.fm slash historical shade. That's actually where our RS rss feed is um but anchor.fm slash historical shade and there's an option when you're listening to us to leave us a voicemail and i check it a lot so if you want to be on the show if you have a correction that you're like "Ooh, i'd rather tone is hard to convey in an email i'd love to leave a voicemail do that um if you also want to share some future light with us there some anonymous future light that's fun too just to proclaim it out to the world um thank you so much for listening everybody We'll see you in the social medias. In the social <laughs> medias. Slip into our DMs. Don't do that. Bye. Uh, in like a sexy way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do it in a sexy way. Do it in like a platonic friend way. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>